Hello, and welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, the podcast that takes our favorite properties and reboots them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay, and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, they, them, and to, to give you guys an idea of the production process of this podcast, we record it on Thursdays, <laughs> and then it is released uh, ten days later on a Sunday. So the hype, or maybe not the hype, the dunking may have died down by the time this is released. <laughs> but we needed to understand that truly Lindsay had no idea the prophecy dodgeball that she was being hit with <laughs> when she said, let's talk about Catwoman. <laughs> and then we learned about something that Bruce is not willing to do. <laughs> Allegedly. I Allegedly. believe in him. Allegedly, he will do anything for love, but he won't do that. <laughs> No wonder the wedding was called off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the one fan art of uh, Selena just being like, okay, I'm going to call my girls Harley and Pam to help me out here. <laughs> Which is why I'm like, she is a bi-con. Let's just canonically make her bi now. Yeah. she. So apparently she hasn't been involved in as many... Um, sapphic relationships as i initially expected i thought maybe she had something going on with like her minion or handmaiden or something but apparently she didn't have any kind of even a hint at a relationship with another woman until the new 52 when she uh where's that little deet february 2015 a storyline by writer genevieve valentine shows selena kissing fellow catwoman eiko hasegawa let's make eiko her girlfriend on and off girlfriend. there we go exactly you know what? Catwoman seems to be the sort of person who maybe she's Polly, too. Yes. My reasoning is that even if Catwoman doesn't have a lot of, like, queer backstory stuff going on the same way that Harley and uh, Pam do, <laughs> she definitely is queer culture. Like, yes. what when Michelle Pfeiffer said, I don't know about you, Miss Kitty, but I'm feeling oh so yummy. And when, <laughs> and when Anne Hathaway said... Oops, nobody told me that safe was uncrackable. And just and when, everything Eartha Kit. When Eartha Kit was on screen, <laughs> yes. just all of that. <laughs> Specifically with that cat mobile yes. from the movie. <laughs> yes. And you know what? Halle Berry would have been in there too if she was in a good movie. Yeah, Halle Berry, Berry deserved better. Exactly. So, so Zoe Kravitz, you have big shoes to fill, but th- we're, we're things are looking up. Yeah, you were in a very you were in a very bisexual remake of wait no what was she in on Hulu, the John Cusack movie, but uh, she was she was John C- Zoe Kravitz is John Cusack. <laughs> high fidelity, high fidelity, yes. Yeah, she got it got canceled the one season, which is lame because it sounds like it was good, but yeah, Zoe Kravitz, I think I believe in you, Zoe Kravitz. Yep. So anyway, today, uh, cats out of the bag. We are doing a Catwoman series, and I've decided to take the route of Catwoman, Common Rider, or Common Rider Catwoman. However, we title this. So is it explicitly Common <laughs> Rider, or is it just Catwoman Tokusatsu that like takes cues from Common Rider? Probably the second type, because <laughs> I cannot imagine the sort of legal loopholes you'd have or hoops you'd have to go through to get that done between DC Warner Bros and is it's Toei, right? Yes. Yeah. Toei does the show and Bandai does the toys, but because it is a show designed to sell toys, Bandai has a significant hand in there too. Yeah. 
just those four companies, I'm like, this is DC doing a common Rider. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, the general premise, because I do want to kind of keep... I want to do what the Birds of Prey did, where they did not really have... They didn't have Batman involved at all. This is street-level stuff. We're not going to care about the continuity right now. Maybe Bruce is off in Tibet with Ra's al Ghul. Yes. Just general Batmanian vibes. Yes. This is in Gotham. So it's dark, it's brooding, it's filmed in Chicago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or Toronto pretending to be Chicago, because apparently the Toronto PD uniforms are very similar to the Chicago PD uniforms. Huh. Yeah. I guess they buy from the same people. Yeah. On the other hand, Toronto doesn't really have goth feels. It's like weird postmodernism. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to film this in Chicago. Okay. For the gothic vibes. Okay. So the general idea, because I was looking up stuff about Selena Kyle and her backstory is uh, she's got like five different backstories. <laughs> Good for her. Okay. Yeah. That's the thing actually. Like so often the major heroes and villains, like you know, the general idea of their backstory, but Catwoman is very much just like, here's Catwoman. She's cat. <laughs> She's been rebooted, like, four or five times. Second only to Donna Troy. At least it's not as messy, but it's actually kind of depressing. Basically being a street urchin of some variety who gets involved in sex work at some point, and yeah. We don't have to go that route. Yeah, we don't have to go that route because that was, like, an invention of Frank Miller, so. Oh, yeah, we're definitely not going to go that route. No, no. Um, Not to say there's something wrong with sex work, but... You, you want to do it properly and respectfully. You don't want to throw it in there just for the drama of the hardships of growing up. Yeah. So in this case, I'm smushing a bunch of her backstories together to create one. So we're going to be meeting Selena Kyle when she is, you know, she's got some experience as a cat burglar, but she's not like a cat woman. Mm-hmm. Um, she's still just a cat girl. Yeah. Basically cat girl. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so her backstory is her parents on a business when she was a kid that was part of a protection racket run by one of the main criminals, main mobsters in Gotham. Uh, it's usually Carmine Franconi, so we'll say he's a dude, stuff happened, mom's dead, dad went to prison and died, so Selena and her two siblings wound up split apart by the foster system. She has siblings? Yeah, she has, sometimes she has a brother, mostly she has a sister. Huh. Yeah. It's one of those things that gets retconned frequently. Because Hmm. comics like to reboot their canon every three years. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, because they introduce the new shocking thing, and then they say nothing will ever be the same. And then a month later, things are same. And then they reboot it again and say, now nothing will ever be the same, but this time we mean it. And it's usually just retreading old ground anyway, because they're cowards. We've introduced this cool new character. What's that? Their comic didn't sell a million issues on first printing? This cool new character is now dead. Oh, a million issues is... (laughs) It's like, no longer... They don't do that anymore. They're lucky to crack like 200... If they are not surpassing Batman in popularity, they must be burned at the stake. They're lucky to crack 250,000. It's not like back in the 40s. So, anyway, Selena gets sent to Oliver's group home where she learns to be a, a pickpocket because of the person running the place. Kind of like, a bit like Oliver Twist with Fagin. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, so she becomes a bit of an artful dodger, and then eventually, you know, she becomes a cat burglar because she learns the tricks of the trade and all that. And she makes friends with, let's say, Harley Quinn is already Harley Quinn, and she's involved with the Joker on and off, and Pamela Eiley is now Poison Ivy. They're all they're all getting their start. Maybe yeah. maybe they're not all their super villain forms yet, but they're all on the path. Yes. Because if we so here's the thing. So if we want to make this a toku, a henshin a common rider style tokusatsu, first off, the tokusatsu <laughs> genre lends itself very well to Western superheroes because yes. it's already mostly superheroes. Also, technically, tokusatsu is just live action with lots of special effects, and normally yeah. we think they're all practical stuff. But technically, something like the Flash or Arrow. Probably not Legends of Tomorrow, but those first two. Yeah. Those would definitely fall into, like, the Ameritoku yeah. shape. Well, didn't it all start with, like, an adaptation of Spider-Man? So there was tokusatsu before Japanese Spider-Man, but Japanese okay. Spider-Man really codified a lot of stuff for uh, Power Rangers and Kamen Rider. Not Power mm. Rangers, Super Sentai and Kamen Rider, because Super Sentai didn't have a giant robot until they gave Japanese Spider-Man a giant robot, who they subsequently lost, which is why... All footage of Leopardon is just like the same 10 minutes of film recycled. Aww. <laughs> yes, Le- Leopardon, chameleon from Doctor Who, mysterious robots that vanished after like 10 episodes. <laughs> you know what? Maybe sometime in the future we could reboot Tokusatsu Spider-Man. We definitely need to do that at some point. Yes. Um, <laughs> the I think the parts that Kamen Rider borrowed from uh, Japanese Spider-Man were was this idea of like someone's body being altered by an outside force to become a hero and mm-hmm. like them using the villain's powers against them because almost always a Kamen Rider gets their powers from something that the villain was using. Yes. So like at the beginning it was just the the Nazi the just Nazis the the, <laughs> the Nazi party <laughs> has commit, uh, done experiments on this young man, and now he can turn into a grasshopper scene superhero. And then we fast forward through all of this other stuff, and it's like, I'm using the evil USB drives that people are using as drugs, but I've purified them, and now I can fuse with this other guy to become Common Rider Double. Or I'm using the same coins that the villains use to become O's. I'm using... I have been possessed by a demon, but I'm in control now, so I'm a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> so, in this case, I was going back through... Uh, Catwoman's lore, and at one point she was the possessor of a black diamond called the Heart of Darkness that was tied to Apocalypse. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Get a girl. (laughs) And apparently it did kind of bring out a dark side in her because, like, we're talking about Apocalypse is part of the New Gods, right? Yeah, he's like the leader of the New Gods or the evil New Gods. Yeah. I know very little about the New Gods. Yeah, it's the weird Jack Kirby stuff because he really got into Eric Van Daniken. <laughs> yeah. Here's everything I know about the New Gods. Apocalypse, Granny Goodness, Miracle Man or Mr. Miracle. I can never remember which. Big Barda, Female Furies, Desaad, Anti-Life Equation. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's all weird space stuff. <laughs> yes, it, is. it really is. Yeah. So anyway, Selena's doing a Selena's doing a burglary at a rich person's place and she finds the heart of darkness not really knowing what it is and that becomes the transformation trinket. Nice. Yes. Anyway, the person that she steals from is probably one is probably going to be Carmine Falcone 
they go after her because they want it, because they think, oh, it's just like a really rare black diamond. We can get a lot of money from this, or it's for bragging rights. Or I recently watched the Netflix series This is a Theft, which is about the robbery of the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in Boston. And what I learned is that organized crime likes to steal art as a way of getting bargaining chips. Mm. So they'll steal something from a museum and then one of their friends is in prison for a certain amount of time and they're like, hey, maybe we can knock off some years if you tell the cops where this painting is. Okay. Yeah. So for all that the Gotham mobsters know, this diamond is rare, it's expensive, and they can use it for to as a get out of jail free card. Mm-hmm. And then Selena steals it, so they turn to the penguin, because I read somewhere <laughs> that Catwoman has some beef with the penguin, and also like, why not? He seems like a villain who can be a bit more darker than you'd think. Yeah. Yeah. And he knows that the Heart of Darkness is a lot more special than just being the super rare diamond. But he doesn't fully understand what sort of powers it has, because I doubt anybody knows about Apocalypse yet. Yeah. Although now I am picturing... See, obviously, when I think of Penguin, I always go to the Danny DeVito version. And yeah. I'm, ju- I'm just picturing him <laughs> decked out in all his Penguin stuff, like talking to his minions like, The Heart of Darkness! It's filled with mystical powers! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's basically. We type up the script and it's just like a whole penguin monologue interspersed with just mouth noises. (laughs) I kind of envision him as like super villain Dick Taney. Oh no, don't do that to the penguin. (laughs) But then I remember Dick Taney's already a super villain. (laughs) Exactly. What's he gonna. He can waterboard me if it makes him feel better. It's still gonna take a week. So, I don't know, do you have any idea who would be a better villain? Because I'm not quite... I don't think we should go to Ra's al Ghul level. No, well, I'm thinking I'm thinking of villains who would match the genre we're going for. Yeah. So, like, I like Penguin. I'll always like yeah. Penguin. But I'm thinking of people who have costumes, so I'm thinking Roman Sionis, Black Mask. Yeah. His mask can even be his transformation trinket. Uh-huh. And if we go off of the... Birds of Prey movie version, the Ewan McGregor version. Yeah. You you could also uh, say that he knows there's something up with it. Even if it's just like, it's filled with mystical powers. Isn't that neat? Gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, who else? I'm Because I'm thinking of Batman villains who have costumes that could be like toku-fied. Hush would be another good one. Uh, Prometheus, okay, that... especially. Oh, okay. Yeah. Also, I think we should have Batman at some point, just because I want to see Kamen Rider Batman. Yeah, that would be fun. And then it would be more in, um... I'm sure there are more Kamen Rider-based uh, ones where it's like, a vigilante is the main rider, and then there's a secondary rider who's a cop. Actually, that's that's basically the premise of um, Kiva. Because the main guy is like, uses the power of the vampires to hunt the vampires, and then the secondary rider is like, a government created from a society that is trying to hunt them down as well, but they include uh, Kiva in that list of vampires to kill. Um, but it 
in my head, I'm just thinking it could turn into a Lupin Ranger versus Patch Ranger thing. Whereas we know that Selina, we know that uh, Kamen Rider Catwoman is a good guy. Yeah. But Batman still has to do his duty. Yeah. And also he might be a more aware than even Black Mask about what the Heart of Darkness does. Yeah. And he's also, I think even very early on in Batman comics, he was less someone who was trying to stop Selina and just kind of like mind Selina. Yeah. He appears in the silhouette and he's like, Selina, try not to have a huge body count tonight, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm only going to put them in the hospital. <laughs> That's fine. I do it all the time. There's no lasting medical damage and everything is fine. I'm the hero Gotham deserves. <laughs> hey, Gotham's a rough and tumble place, so. <laughs> oh, what if we also have Jonah Hex show up because he's the guy who can't die? He's seen weird shit. That, that, that too. Um, but he is just a cowboy. <laughs> he is just what if a fucked up cowboy looked at you. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we can make him more Eldritchian. Well, if you want to go a little bit more Eldritch, we could go with Dr. Fate, who is like possessed by gods of order. Okay. And again, has a fun mask that you can yeah. easily go, you're Kamen Rider now. Common Rider Fate. I think Common Rider Fate already exists. But we can work with that. Yeah. Exactly. We're not going to call them Common Riders. We can still call them Dr. Fate. But he'll show up in all his, like, blue gold mask of Destiny Order and it's like, Catwoman, you're messing up the order of the gods of the order. And Catwoman's like, meow, I don't care. And then she throws something at him. Yes. Ooh, her suit, her suit definitely needs to have the Anne Hathaway heels. Yes. Which, yeah, I know, I know, and realistically, combat stilettos are a bad idea, but. Just give us this, okay? Exactly. <laughs> it's not about function, it's about camp. <laughs> yes. Queer culture is combat stilettos. So, combat stilettos, and then, like, some modified version of, like, the motorcycle helmet with the cat ears on top? Yes, well. <laughs> Not that exactly a, a motorcycle helmet. We don't want her to look like the what's her name from Durarara. Oh, uh, Selty. <laughs> yeah, because she's got the same deal going on. Yeah, but like I, I get what you're saying. There, there are cat themed common riders. Um, if you look up common rider Nadeshko, okay, like she is a a cat themed common rider. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking something along those lines, but you know, more black. With maybe, Black with, um, maybe for the eyes, it's kind of like her goggles, the red goggles. Yeah, red or amber. Mm-hmm. And then I guess it's the transformation trinkets on the belt, right? For Kamen Rider, yes. But depend like, we, it, we could put it anywhere if we didn't want it to be super close to Kamen Rider. Yeah. And then there's also, like, you can use other bits, too. Like, there's ones where it's like, you put a ring on your finger, and then you hold it in front of the belt. And there's ones where it's like, the belt pops out a car, and you put the car in the wrist, and then you then you do a pose. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. So, maybe the Heart of Darkness is in a necklace. Mm-hmm. And then it can kind of, like, the suit grows from there. Almost like Sailor Moon with the brooches. Or maybe it yeah. is a brooch of some sort. Yeah. Ooh, we could do it. So, if the main three are gonna be... If, if this is the Gotham City Sirens tokusatsu show... Kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> then all three of them could have a different piece of jewelry. Yeah. So, I feel like Harley would have a tiara. Yeah. And then Ivy would have, like, a bracelet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can see 
Harley's tiara would almost be like, I want to say something that you would get at Claire's. Oh yeah, it's going to be gaudy <laughs> as hell. Yeah. Well, Ivy has something a bit more elegant and maybe like Art Nouveau Ivy, like Ivy down the wrist, almost like a gauntlet. Oh, and, and actually, so Harley could be the second person to get one of these pieces. She yeah. gets, I don't know, the liver of, no, she'd get like the brain of darkness. Yeah. <laughs> what, what organs do we want to use for these jewelry? We got heart, we got brain. <laughs> what are the organs in a canopic jar? <laughs> um, I think liver was one of them. Yeah. And the heart wasn't, because the heart got the, no, the brain wasn't, because they didn't think the brain did anything. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Happy's jar contained the lungs, uh, Duomatef contained the stomach, Imseti contained the liver, and Kebesenoif contained the intestines. So, yeah, because the heart was, you had to do something specific with the heart so we could get to the scales. Yeah. And then the brain, they just, they took a poker, they heated it up, then they stuck it up your nose, swirled it all around, and pulled it out. <laughs> Thanks, Evie. <laughs> Art, and arguably, I would say, they were onto something when they said the brain didn't do anything. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, once we get some of that business out of the way... So one of the plots should be Selena trying to find her siblings and reuniting with them. Uh, mm -hmm. She's got a brother named Aiden and a sister named Maggie and trying to figure out stuff with that. She also made a friend when she was a kid named Sylvia who did help her out uh, with some burglaries and Sylvia got caught and has done time in jail and she is bitter about it. So I think that she should come back as a villain. And maybe she gets her own common Rider outfit. Yeah, because we can definitely do a thing where it's like, the three most powerful are the ones from this jewelry set. Mm -hmm. But like, if you, know, if you know a guy who knows a guy, then you can put some stuff together to make your own suit. Yes. And there's definitely going to be people like that in the DC universe. Yes. And so I was, another thing I was thinking was that like early on, Harley could get the tiara, but like the tiara is what turns her into Harley Quinn. Okay. And it's it's more like the Joker forces the tiara onto Harleen to turn her into his minion. And she's a villain for like, I don't know how long this would last, but like the first season we could even say. And then she yeah. doesn't like kind of come back to herself and start like figuring out like the true her true personality, which lies somewhere between the front she put on to become Harleen or to become Dr. Quinzel, and the, like, everything she did for Mr. J. Yeah. The tiara almost acting like the vat of acid that people get dumped into. Basically. <laughs> uh, the Joker even be complaining, like, Ah, oh, she got to have a tiara and go insane and find herself that I had to go through a vat of acid. You know, kids, the millennials, all these Zoomers, <laughs> they never get dumped in a vat of acid, Harley. <laughs> <laughs> and then as for ivy you know she's an environmentalist and it's like we really don't have to change much no like the only thing i would say is maybe her motivation for getting a hold of the last piece is she wants to try and bring harley back from just being the joker's minion yeah because maybe they were friends in college yes 
And by friends, I mean girlfriends. Gals being pals. Yeah. Gals being pals. Oh, I experimented in college. No, you were totally into it. You were, you were so bi. Yeah, that was that was the experiment. The hypothesis was, do I like women? And the answer, the the conclusion was yes. Yeah. Thesis statement: Gay? Question mark. Results: Bi! Exclamation point. <laughs> yeah, I think like the first season, or at least like the first third of the season would be mostly Selena getting used to her new powers and taking on Carmine Falcone because she's got business with them. Mm-hmm. You killed my mom. You sent my dad to prison because yeah, I'm going with the line that um, her mom got killed by Falcone's goons and it was framed in such a way that uh, her dad got arrested and sent to prison and died in there. So she's, she's on a bit of a war path. Mm-hmm. I would say. Also, I have been watching uh, this really good Netflix series called Lupin. Oh, I need to see that. Yeah, it's so good. Watch it in the French. Okay. Yeah. That'll probably help me pay attention because I'll actually have to look and read the subtitles. (laughs) But yeah, in a similar situation to the main character, Asan, in the Lupin series, and also Arsan Lupin, uh, she's got a parent who was wrongfully accused of a crime they did not commit and got punished for it. And she's like, uh, I'm going after the people who did this to my mom, to my, to my mom and my dad. So it's like Carmine Falcone and the judge who put her dad in prison and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, just this whole corrupt system. Yes. Plus, I want to find my brother and sister because I haven't seen them since I was like nine. So... And she's she's definitely going to pull uh, you and me are a lot more alike than you think on Batman. Oh, and yeah. And she's going to be in the right about it. Like, yeah. all this Catwoman backstory stuff, which I assume is the, like you just kind of synthesizing a bunch of disparate parts. Oh, but... yeah. Because as I said, she got rebooted a whole bunch of times. <laughs> yeah. But like, so if, if the DC writers actually cared about Catwoman, they would have quite often drawn parallels between Catwoman losing her family and becoming what she is and Bruce losing his family and becoming what he is and everyone would know that this is her usual backstory. Yeah. Instead of this being the first time we're all hearing about it on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And Bruce is going to be like, Selena, you can't destroy the system. You need to work with it. And Selena's going to be like, oh, you're working with the system? Let me see your badge then. (laughs) Yeah, last time I checked, you were totally working with the system by working with uh, Superman. Nobody asked you to take on Starro. <laughs> I mean, how close has Bruce gone to actually fighting Lex Luthor himself? I don't know. See, I feel like that would be Bruce versus Lex and not Batman versus Lex. And it would be like, <laughs> yeah. oh, they're throwing fisticuffs at a gala. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, Lex would say something about Clark, and that would just set Bruce off. That's my fucking boyfriend. (laughs) How dare. (laughs) (laughs) The one thing holding him back is Diana, simply because she doesn't want to... It would cause a lot of physical, structural damage. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is one thing, um... I feel like we should try and keep it uh, enclosed mostly to just the bat, the Gotham yeah. stuff. Yeah, for sure. I'm just making a hypothetical. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like the first third is going to be focused mostly on that. And I think that's where you introduce whoever our main villain is going to be. 
Um, I feel like I feel like it's gonna be Roman. I feel like it'd be Black Mask. Yeah. So that's where Black Mask comes in, because he's the one who actually knows what, uh, at least a little bit about the diamond, or at least that there's some powers in there, and he wants those powers. Yeah, I'm thinking, based on what we said, I feel like it's gonna be. It'll start with uh, Falcone, and then he'll like maybe Catwoman actually puts him away. Yeah. And then she, like, that would be the point where she's like, okay, I don't need all this power anymore. And then she just kind of looks out over Gotham and she thinks about all the other stuff that she's seen over these past weeks. Like, no, actually, Bruce, I'm the hero Gotham deserves, but I'm still going to steal things. <laughs> I like shiny things. <laughs> um, but so I think after Falcone goes away, then Roman definitely comes to the forefront. And then Prometheus and Hush would kind of be like his generals. Oh, yeah. Um, because there, so Hush is a childhood friend of Bruce's okay. who is obsessed with like proving that Bruce is Batman. Okay. And Prometheus is his situation. If I remember correctly, is that basically the same thing that happened to Bruce happened to him? Yeah. Except his parents were crooked and killed by cops, and so he decided like he put all did all the same training that Bruce did, but put it into becoming a supervillain. Okay. So he's he was like intentionally designed to be the complete foil to Batman. Yeah. So we've got two people who kind of act like foils to Bruce and Selina, who also act like foils, and they're all foiling together. Yes. <laughs> and Roman Sionis is standing above it with his mask. He's like, "I'm a dandy." <laughs> <laughs> now, by the end of the series, do we bring in like what this diamond is actually meant to do in Apocalypse? Yeah, we do need to have Apocalypse show up. I, as someone who never watched Smallville, I say we do something akin to what Smallville did in the final season, where it's like, th they're dealing with the new gods for the bulk of it, and then Apocalypse, or no, it wasn't, because it's not Apocalypse. Apocalypse is X-Men. Dark Side. Dark Side, yeah. <laughs> Apocalypse is the place. Yes. But Dark yeah, so they're dealing with the, um, like, Dasad and Granny Goodness at the beginning of the season, and then Darkseid shows up for, like, the final few episodes, but his presence is felt across the season. Yeah, like, one of the things about the Heart of Darkness is that she, is that Selina did feel like it was bringing out something in her that she didn't like. Maybe it's a little bit like an empathic weapon, maybe it's kind of talking to her. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, like, just... There's not a lot of examples of, like, weapons or items that is trying to slowly corrupt whoever's who's ever using it. But, but I, like, I know the trope. We, we know yeah. the trope, so... Yeah. That's basically what it's doing. The diamond was later mystically tethered to the demonic agent of vengeance known as Eclipso. Oh, he's gonna be showing up in the next season of Stargirl this summer. Oh, cool. So maybe maybe it's not even necessarily Darkseid, because Darkseid is kind of Superman or Justice League as a yeah. whole. Maybe yeah. it is just Eclipso. Okay. Maybe like Eclipso's trying to, I don't know, get a body to possess. For some reason, he has to act through this diamond. Yeah. Well, and if, it's, if there's three of them, it could be like he was split between the three diamonds. Yeah. And so it's like when the, when the sirens are working together... They're stronger. Yeah. But they're also a little meaner. Yeah. They don't just send people to the hospital. They send people to the morgue. Yeah. 
Every friend group contains the following. A mean lesbian, a mean bisexual, and a different mean bisexual. (laughs) (laughs) And then, so then there's like... They can do a thing. They can do some sh- some uh, techno babble plot shenanigans where, like, they're able to keep Eclipso from possessing them, but in turn, he like forms a body out of their suits. Ooh, yeah. And then I don't know. They believe in the heart of the cards <laughs> to create new suits, <laughs> or you know, steal something from Bruce. <laughs> We're borrowing. <laughs> I-, I was more thinking like, oh no. You found my secret lair where I have three suits that just happen to be in all your sizes. Whatever you do, don't go down there. It's very illegal. I'm gonna go this way now because, oh, look, the bat signal. Someone's jaywalking. (laughs) Or it could just be they're at a party and that's where Selena... I I, I don't know. Alfred's like, Miss Kyle, if you may... It is a gift. (laughs) (laughs) Can Alfred have a suit? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know Bruce has made Alfred a suit. (laughs) If anything, it's one of his just-in-case-something-happens. It's very much just like an armor designed to look like the butler tuxedo, and the bow tie is (laughs) bat-shaped. Yes! (laughs) And there's a mustache built into the helmet. (laughs) It's more of a support suit, let's say. The mustache is a batarang. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so that leads us to probably the final encounter. Or at least, okay, we gotta do something with Black Mass. Are we gonna blow him up like how they did in Birds of Prey? Yeah, I think he deserves to get blown up. Yeah. He just seems real gross. Yeah. Like, what? Well- Watch our friend uh, Serge's video on Birds of Prey and yeah. how he's threatening because he's such, like, an unimposing, pathetic little man. Mm-hmm. Because that's, that's the, the real, that's what the real fear comes from, is that the, just these fucked up, pathetic little men, but they have amassed enough power that they can do whatever they want, almost without repercussion. Yeah. And that's why we must blow them all up! Mm-hmm. And then we can have, like, a fun fight somewhere in a abandoned warehouses district. <laughs> I'm so I'm thinking like the penultimate episode is the battle against Eclipso and that's like the big special effects brawl. Yeah. And then after that they're like completely without suits and then they find out that Roman like in all this ensuing chaos he has taken Selena's siblings hostage in the hopes of like getting her to come to him so he can take her out because at this mm-hmm. point it's not even beneficial he's just petty. Yeah. And so that's when, like, the sirens go in, and they have a, like, just an unmorphed fight. Yeah. And then that's when they get the chance to blow up Roman. Ta-da! Then in the meantime, I guess the B-plot with Selena and her siblings, like, we gotta figure out something for Aiden to do. Maggie, sometimes she is um, mentally... She had some mental problems and is in a hospital. Sometimes she's a nun. Hmm. Why not make Maggie a nun? Yes. Yeah. And then Aiden, what should Aiden be doing? What if he's just like a he- like a nameless henchman? Okay. Except it turns out he's not nameless. Like, 
he gets in a big fight with Selena, and then she's able to knock his, what, like, his Riddler mask off or something. And yeah. she's like, oh my gosh, it's Aiden. And he's like, how do you know my name? And then she's like, because I'm your sister. And he's like, what? <laughs> in a little bit more dramatic and heartfelt writing. Yes. And I almost feel like we should add some cyber sex vibes into this, but like... Aiden has been turned into a panther. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's some mad scientists out there who would do that. Yeah. Hugo <laughs> Strange is like... <laughs> ah, Catwoman. I see that you are now a Catwoman. Well, allow me to introduce your cat brother. Maha! Yeah, that's something Hugo Strange would do. But also, also I, w- I will say... I feel like there's already Catwoman vibes in Cyber Six. I feel like the yeah. interplay of the two characters is so close-knit that, like, we don't have to go out of our way. They're just going to happen. Yeah. They're already both flipping across the tops of buildings. If anything, the best that we could do is, like, during the cold open or whatever, Selena's watching Cyber Six. and <laughs> We'll give her a big hat. Yeah. At some point, she's got to go disguise somewhere, so she puts on a big hat. Or oh no, what if one of the undercovers disguises that she has to um, pretend to be a male English teacher at a university, <laughs> and whoever we have playing Selena <laughs> goes full butch mode, and then <laughs> viewers, if you didn't think you were into it before, guess what? <laughs> and so y'all out there who didn't know what your gender was until you saw princely women. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta do the whole like shot at her back and we see like all the muscles and it's like ooh that hot <laughs> yeah who do you want to cast as our sirens in this uh, I feel like Selena should be played by a woman of color yes it'd be nice if they all could be yeah it's just Margot Robbie really owns Harley. That that is true. Well, so, so I think that's the reason why uh, we should especially make Harley a woman of color because then at least it's like a physical indicator of the differences. And so I'm yeah. sure that's something that Margot would support. Like yeah. Margot isn't rolling in here saying I have monopoly on Harley. She's saying I want what's best for Harley, and yeah. if I can give her a great opportunity by having someone else play her, obviously I'm going to want that to happen. Okay, so with Harley, we need a woman who has great comedic timing. Yes. Okay, actually, so I just looked up, like, a female comedian I've been thinking of for a little bit, but I actually feel like she might end up being a better Ivy, but okay. Rose Matafeo. Okay. Because she, she's of uh, Samoan and Croatian descent. Okay. And I feel like, I mean, we, they could all easily be comedians. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, no, yeah, I think Rose would be a good Harley. Yeah. I was just looking at her face, and it's like, that reads more harley I feel mm-hmm. like Ivy is more subdued snark. Yes. So maybe... Mm. Okay, so so I don't know her age, but another New Zealand actress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, born in 98. So that's 23. Yes. Um, Tessa Rao, who's currently playing Izzy on uh, Power Rangers Dino Fury. <laughs> who is already pretty queer-coded. Okay. She could be Ivy. Oh, yeah. Just have some red hair on her and... Yeah. Get an all New Zealand cast because it's a toku show. (laughs) We might want to film it in Chicago, but we'll end up filming it in Wellington. Exactly. (laughs) 
As for Selena, I almost feel like she's got to have some Bond girl vibes to her. Um, yes. Oh, what what if Selena Zendaya? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Zendaya. Zendaya. No, you know the haters might say Zendaya is also all uh, getting overplayed, but my counterpoint is it's Zendaya. <laughs> yeah. Like it's only a matter of time before she gets cast as a Bond girl. Oh, and then what if Aquafina was um, who was. Who is the, the the girl who got arrested? You said. Selena's uh, childhood friend. Sylvia. Sylvia. So what if Aquafina is Sylvia? Ooh, yeah. And Sylvia. And then Batman is going to be Yoshi Sadarso. Yes. He's also a Power Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> we might as well cast Power Rangers. We know that they have some stunt experience. Yeah, that's true. If we want to include any of the Robins, we can have Chance Perez as Damien. Yeah. Because, assuming he has a good butt. Uh, also, <laughs> he is, he's young, he's legitimately young, so he'd look yep. the part. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not Romani, but at least he's not white, so that's something? Yeah. It's something. It's something. Let's see, Falcone can be like any older Italian actor who can do good De Niro face. Because there's no way we're afford- we-, we could afford De Niro. Or Joe Pesci. Yeah. <laughs> Our version of Black Mask. Oh, it could be Robbie Malik. Yeah. And then Eclipso. Is CGI. I was. The first guy that popped into my head was uh, Jonathan Reese Myers. He played Henry VIII on The Tudors. Okay. He also played Dracula for a short lived series, and he was a uh, bishop in Vikings. Yes, I have seen this guy before. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I actually recognize him from a thing. I think I've just seen his face. <laughs> yeah, he he would be a good one. Mm-hmm. Alfred can be John Twee, also yeah. from Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> and then, who else do we want to appear in this? I feel like Renee Montoya would be a good character in here. Yes. Ah, uh, now I'm bummed out that Naya Rivera will never get to play Renee Montoya because she absolutely would have if given the chance. Mm-hmm. Who are the other like up and coming Latina actresses? Stephanie Beatriz from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh yeah, yeah. This is young Renee Montoya before. <laughs> before I mean, Birds wouldn't be that young. I think she's around the age of all the other cast. Oh no, Stephanie is forty. Oh okay. So you know what? Even better, an older Renee Montoya. Yeah. An older Renee Montoya and an older Kate Kane. Yeah. How old is Diana Agron? <laughs> <laughs> she's 35. Okay, you know what? That could work, actually. Yeah. And she's Jewish. That's why I thought of her. Because Kate Kane is Jewish. <laughs> Which, no, so we do, have, we do have to point out the fact that um, because of the way the family tree would work, I mean, the Bruce is also Jewish. Yeah. Pretty sure Yoshi, Yoshi Sadarsu is not Jewish, but... Let's, we'll figure out the details when we're casting it. Yeah. DC, give us $7 million. <laughs> we'll work for cheap. We'll work, in a, we'll work in New Zealand so that it becomes a tax write-off for you. Lisa, I will, I will not take salary on this. I'll just stand by for the royalties. Yes. I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure that's how it works. <laughs> Producing critic. I think it just means look at everyone on the cast list and then you get money. Money just appears in your account. You just make sure that nobody else on set fucks with the money. Yes. Yeah, so I think We need to cast the Joker. 
Yeah, because the Joker's gotta appear. Um, like, I love Mark Hamill, but at the same time, he's getting up there, so. Plus, it's just, I'm so, I've associated him so much with Trickster from Flash. Ah. <laughs> Who's basically Diet Joker. John Mulaney. <laughs> you know what? He seems manic enough. I would, I, I'm gonna put money on it that John Mulaney is gonna be playing the Joker one of these days anyways, so. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well be for us. Yes. <laughs> oh, how much of his lines are just gonna be ad-libbed? I'm gonna say half. Yeah. Yeah, because you can't have Harley without at least some reference to the Joker, so. Yeah. And especially in this one, we're like, we're explicitly having the Joker putting an evil tiara on her to turn her into Harley. Yeah. I've covered this tiara with acid. <laughs> That's not a John Mulaney voice. Just pretend it's John Mulaney saying that. <laughs> I've covered this tiara with acid to turn you into a tokusatsu superhero, Harley. Oh my god, thanks, Mr. J. <laughs> <laughs> now, Bruce, where's my rocket car? I was promised a rocket car. <laughs> so, Gotham is laughing at my boner, huh? Well, I'll give them the biggest boner they've ever seen. Okay. Do you not remember Joker's boner? No. You you don't know the Joker's boner panel? <laughs> no. Hang on, I'm going to make sure I can search for Joker's boner without getting on a list. <laughs> oh yeah, you can just look up the very first image result for Joker's boner. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Back when words meant different things. Yep. <laughs> I think that covers everybody. Oh, uh, yeah. So, anyway. Anyways, I'm gonna uh, grab some full bottles here. Friend! Promotion! Best match! Tomodachi no Sended Friendship Promo Hi, welcome to the Eternity Archives, an actual play podcast where we take on the role of archivists working for an interdimensional library that catalogs and protects the fabric of reality. As archivists, we are tasked with journeying out into the realms, taking on characteristics of people from that reality, and remedying whatever issues may be causing a disturbance in the dimension. Every arc we'll be playing a different RPG, maybe even returning to systems we like later on, but this is a fun way for us as players, and you as listeners, to explore and learn about different tabletop systems. We'll discuss the rules, create sheets for our characters, and play a short campaign to get a feel for the game. Afterwards, we'll do a bit of discussion. We'll talk about what we liked and didn't like, and what we'd know to do better next time. I'm Kite, and I am playing Real de Drakel, and they are a tiefling nerd. I'm Siva. I am playing Linda, the lovable office lady. And I'm Dorka. My character is Zen, the barbarian lizard princess. Let's get down to some actual playing. You guys ready? Yeah. Yeah, let's go, boys. This is the Eternity Archives. All right, Lindsay, emissary of hell, where can you be found on the internet? 
I can be found on Twitter at lindsaym476. That's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and on Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for not if I boot you first, and they're pronounced taka tora bata ta 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 you can also email us at notifyrebootyoufirst at gmail.com where you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, and your favorite superhero who should totally be a tokusatsu character. That's also where you can send us a friendship promo, be it an audio clip or a proof for us to read. Either way, we'll just put in a free ad for your podcast or your YouTube or even your DeviantArt. Not If I Reboot You First is a member of the Corner Podcast Network and you can talk more about the show or others on the network via our Corner Podcast Discord. Our cover art, as always, is by Alex aka Pachu, and her work can be found on ptchew.com. And our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, and you can contact us to find out how to contact him if you'd like music of his own for your own. This podcast is recorded on Treaty 4 territory, the traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Assiniboine, and Métis. Last but not least, don't forget that you can buy this episode for yourself. That's right, it's not an NFT, it is just your name on a spreadsheet, but for $5 donation to the North Central Family Center, link in the description, we will declare that you are the owner of this podcast episode or any episode that you so desire. Also, I do want to do a quick current events blast um, on two things. First off, Palestine is still in a lot of trouble. Uh, Israel does have a new prime minister, and it took him less than 48 hours to just continue bombing the country and colonizing the country. So, hey, keep on spreading awareness and donate to places that are helping them and uh, not buying the stuff listed on the BDS movement page. That stuff like SodaStream and Saber Hummus and Pillsbury off the top of my head. Um, you can also contact your grocery stores and try and convince them to stop ordering that stuff. That's something that I did, and hopefully it works out well. Uh, the second thing is the continued demonization and legal action against survivors of residential schools in Canada. Um, it's kind of disgusting the way our government is, has always treated First Nations people, but it's really coming to a head these past few weeks with the bodies of children discovered on these sites, and we guarantee that there are loads more where those came from. So, yeah, if you can just call your MPs, your representatives in the country, or email them and say, hey, this is really messed up, can you please put pressure on the Prime Minister and his cabinet to do something about this and stop torturing people who are already the survivors of racial trauma and attempted genocide? Then, yeah, that'd be a pretty cool thing for you to do. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Lindsay. Tanner. Next week is the 4th of July, and to celebrate, we're bringing on a guest, an American guest. That's literally all we're doing for Independence Day. But said guest is going to be bringing on a story about the hero of time. Yay! So we'll be talking about that next week, but not if we reboot you first. Bye! Bye!